0: welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert Dr. Tom Vergus as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus. I'm joined by Dr. Jürgen Strauss.
0: Hi, Tom. How are you?
1: Terrific. Thanks. In these uncertain times, that's right. Very uncertain. So,
0: (laughs) we're actually in different locations and doing uh, this podcast um, virtually, basically. Normally, we are in your studio. Yes. Today, each of us are in our own recording studios and we're using an online tool to record the show. Indeed. Just goes to show the changes
1: that we are making in terms of adapting to the situation.
0: Mm. So what's, what's the topic for today then in this uncertain time?
1: Well, I thought we should talk about as a topic really leading in this current uncertain time. So how do we as a leader, because of course this podcast goes to global leaders but also leaders you know if they're not running teams they could be you know, they're leading themselves how do we in fact lead teams specifically across distance culture and time uh, in this era of the covid-19 and in fact the I'd like to do the next this one and the next three podcasts so the next all four of the ones that we will do today is going to be based very much on dealing with the current situation
0: hmm. And I think there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty in today's situations, and I, I'm fascinated by the topic of leading because somebody said to me a while back, and I can't remember who to attribute this for. It just stuck in my mind, and I've been kind of using it as a bit of a mantra here that you're either leading or you're hiding. And right. you know, they were talking about visibility and staying in touch with with your team, staying in touch with your clients, staying in touch with your community. Yeah, I like that. You're either leading or you're hiding.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I ran a webinar two weeks ago, uh, which was attended by about 85 people from around the world on this topic. And one of the uh, preface, you know, how we prefaced it, how I prefaced uh, the webinar, or right, rather my opening uh, story on the webinar was how when the COVID-19 scenario happened, it took me back to 1990 when we had a recession here in Australia. You may not remember it, Jürgen, but we had a massive
0: recession. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it. I remember (laughs) it well. Was that the recession we had to have? That's right. The recession we
1: needed to have. That's the one. And uh, I lost my job, right? I was working in a financial services organization, and I lost my job. In fact, everybody lost their job. We just shut the whole thing down, all our branches around Australia. And uh, I couldn't, for the life of me, get another job, right? I was applying one of those things where we're applying, sending CVs everywhere, etc. I just couldn't uh, get uh, another job. And one of the things I ended up doing was actually sitting down with a career coach and doing uh, a values inventory and that showed that uh, teaching and training and consulting were very strong in my core beliefs and my my parents had been teachers, my grandfather had been a teacher. So uh, I decided to go back to school because I had not completed my degree. I came out from Malaysia prior, like 10, 12 years prior to that, hadn't completed my degree. So I actually ended up going back to school. Uh, and while I was studying, I, I, started freelancing, uh, you know, as a way to kind of just support myself. And I picked up a bit of a freelance, uh, sales training job. And my idea was that I would do the freelancing until I finished my education and then I get a real job. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, gosh, that was 30 years ago. Uh, I've been working for myself. And when I went back to school, the one of the topics, when I was looking for a topic for my master's thesis, my friend, Dr. Ed Trost, who was visiting or at that time living out here, he was from San Francisco, good buddy of mine. And uh, he suggested, why don't you look at this topic called cultural diversity? I'd never heard of it before. I started reading on it, and when I read about it, it just resonated for me, you know, because growing up in Malaysia, we learn how to navigate cultural differences from a very early age. So I learned, to, I read out, read about it, I thought, wow, this is amazing. I started doing the work in that area. I was really fortunate to meet uh, Professor Gerd Hofstetter, who, was, who is considered the grandfather of the field. And... Uh, Sadly, he passed away earlier this year. May he rest in peace. You know, there was a, uh, an airline at that time starting to fly into Asia for the first time. They were having some issues that need, they needed help with. I started doing some work with them, became an 18-month longitudinal study. And that's how it all started. You know, that then mm. took me on to other things. And, you know, and then my doctorate was in the area of, you know, so I've been working in the field, literally for 30 years. And it all came from at that time when the recession happened, when it was really a difficult, very difficult time for me.
0: Mm. So you made a transition at the time. So how did you tackle that transition? Because you mentioned that you applied for lots of jobs and you were unsuccessful. And I imagine that was quite depressing at the time. It was very depressing. I know you had a young family already Yes.
1: And... no, I, I just got married actually I'd just been married oh, okay. I didn't yeah. have my family and yeah, I just been married uh, so yeah I had to you know I had to sell I had to sell my cars I had to sell the furniture <laughs> mm. <laughs> had to move out of our rental to another rental was cheaper you know so it was actually quite quite you know I mean of course at that time you know quite traumatic right you're of mm. course much younger as well and you're not having as much a buffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was challenging.
0: Hmm. So coming back to kind of today's situation, I mean, it, recession is certainly something you can liken it to. One of the things I like to say is that a lot of people are offering advice right now on how, how do you navigate this pandemic? Yeah. And I often reflect on that and say, well, You know, I I don't think there's anybody alive right now who's been through a global pandemic. (laughs) Exactly. So they're just just making it up. But, you know, clearly there's lessons we can learn from other situations, which is what you're describing for us now. So what are some of the lessons that people can take on board from your experience that perhaps, you know, they could try out in today's situation?
1: Great kind of question there, Jürgen. And I must kind of say, I concur with you, when people come up with all these things, or this is how we navigate, I too go through that sense of skepticism. How would you know? We're just making yeah. it up, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not kind of real. I'm coaching an executive team. And um, in, a, in a call that we had, must have been about two weeks ago, a number of them mentioned how they were feeling much more in control. Right, Because the week before, it had been a really challenging week for them as mm. a team. They had to go make some really challenging decisions. It was you know, the whole start of the epidemic or pandemic. And they were having to really make some really tough calls. And so when I was having the phone conversation with them, they said, oh, I'm feeling much better, much more in control this week. One of the uh, things I challenged them to, to think about was that, in fact, control is an illusion. Hmm. right? I uh, say, so you have no control. What Seriously, what control do you have, right? You know, like, yeah. apart from the fact, you know, we, we think we have control, but the thing I was trying to get them to think about was the fact that we, what we control is not, we can't control what happens. What we can control is our reaction to it, mm-hmm. right? So that's it's right. our yeah. response, like that's what we can control, right? So that much we have some level of control on. So how do we, in fact, reframe? Because a lot of it is about the reframing, isn't it? It's how do we interpret things that's occurring, and then how do we actually say, okay, that the in the space between the stimulus and the response, how do I actually take a moment and deal with that? Hmm. So that that was the con- and we had that conversation among uh, among the among the team and which is of course you know as you can appreciate quite difficult to do when you have a group of people who are uh, very much around the engineering uh, this it's an engineering team very much based on those people you know so initially it seemed very esoteric <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so coming from a science background i can understand that <laughs> yeah it's um and and certainly i think engineers probably want to have control over their environment and the machinery that they construct but it's exactly as you say i mean the pandemic's going to do whatever the pandemic is going to do and we have virtually no control over that we have control over how we react we we can stay at home and stay out of harm's way and minimize the risk of us being infected or infecting others yep and in terms of business and leadership there's a bunch of things we can do in the situation and and as you say pivot but in terms of shortening the time this pandemic is lasting or even looking forward and saying well how long is this situation going to last for where we're in isolation who knows who knows
1: yes mm. i think we are all having to react to that right so initially when this started we were talking about oh perhaps two months but now they're talking about three four maybe even six months so i think we're mm-hmm. having to having to recalibrate. We're constantly having to recalibrate. There is, how do I actually deal with it? How do I go and work with what's kind of coming? I, I think for many people, it's like a storm, isn't it? Like It's like a mm. huge amount of water coming in. How do I, in fact, swim? And you know that old saying around, you can't control the waves, but you can learn how to surf. Right? So yeah. you either learn how to surf or, you know, can't control the rain, but how do you learn to dance in the rain? And something that my brother uses a lot, that he uses that metaphor a lot, learning to dance in the rain. So I think as leaders, how do we deal with uncertainty? So I think there are three... Uh, particular aspects that I want to kind of talk about in this kind of, uh, in this podcast series. Well, one is around uh, how do you manage yourself, right, around self care. And I Mm. I think we can talk about that in the next podcast, which will be focused specifically on self care. But Mm. one is around, so how do I manage myself, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, emotional side of myself, because as a leader, it's all all about how do i show up right how do i turn up as a leader yeah. how do i demonstrate a level of calm in when, when things are uncertain when i myself do not know what's happening and as a leader if mm. i demonstrate a high degree of uncertainty if i am not confident then my team is just going to feel it's going to be magnified yeah right the team are going to panic and you know that's i right. i don't there, want the
0: team to mm. panic right now <laughs> right <laughs> yeah cuz they're looking looking for pillars of certainty and they d- identify the leader as as one such pillar and if that pillar's sh- gone shaky <laughs> that undermines their kind of level of certainty that they're looking for
1: that's correct yeah so mm. and so specifically Uh, In in the webinar we did, I talked about three of the cultural dimensions that I think are critical to think of for for those of us who are leading across cultures. So the first dimension is the dimension of hierarchy and equality. So in that dimension, so countries which are very hierarchical expect leaders to know what to do, or even if you don't Mm -hmm. know what to do, then just tell me what to do. So when we think about how countries have reacted to the lockdown, for instance, you know, you, countries like Singapore, you know, they it's always held up as it Singapore, Japan, China, places like that on how they dealt with it. It's so interesting that those countries are the ones where they just they just follow through. I had a conversation recently with a, a good friend of mine who lives in Singapore and her response was well of course you know we trust the government and that yeah. to me res you know whereas in Australia for instance <laughs> you know whenever the government says anything we go oh yeah really what about yeah <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, we- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right
1: that's a degree of skepticism right which comes from yeah, me, yeah. I-, yeah. I was doing- <laughs> I so
0: funny because I was I was involved in many conversations in our cycling group and, you know, what do the rules actually mean and how can we test these and, and you know, can we go out in threes instead of twos to exercise together and uh, how far apart do we have to stay when we're on the bike uh, compared to the one and a half meters? Otherwise, uh, yes, in Australia, we're kind of challenging the rules and the guidelines all the time.
1: Exactly. So I rest my case. There you go, Jürgen. You're pointing <laughs> it out. Exactly the point, right? Yeah. How much? Can we, can we challenge the rules how far i want to delve into it don't just tell me what to do i too have an opinion etc yeah, yeah. which is around that right whereas in hierarchical cultures that doesn't occur so as leaders even running teams across countries what we want to be conscious of is okay with countries or with when i have teams of people who are coming from or living in more hierarchical cultures i need to have a different approach I need to be able to kind of say to them listen this is what I want you to do okay or here are the things that I want you to follow whereas perhaps in more quality based cultures you may want to engage more in the conversation all right you may want to kind of engage in that thing around let's just let's just see what this means for you or how do we unpack this so that it makes sense so the tonality is different and our approach is different. So that's the first dimension I think that as leaders we need to be conscious of. The second dimension is around a high context and low context forms of communication. So low context communication is where yeah you... Uh, say what you mean and you mean what you say right so it's being direct yes means yes no means no and it's 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 very it's it's a kind of a black and white right it being straight whereas high context cultures yes may mean yes yes may mean no yes may mean maybe depends on my the tone of my voice the pitch how i explain it my facial expressions, my body language. So, you know, it's mm. the whole, it's the context, right? It's the whole message. In those sort of countries and those sort of cultures, as leaders, we want to be conscious of that, that sometimes it's better to, to use an analogy, to use stories, to use metaphors to get a point across rather than just being much, you know, just being direct. So, again, being conscious of how do I language something as a leader and how do I get responses? And when I'm getting responses from my team members, how am I listening for the responses?
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, it comes back to, I mean, we were talking on, and I can't remember, it's quite some time now that we dealt with communication styles and direct and indirect communications in the context of cross-cultural leadership on the podcast. It it really comes back to those fundamentals, doesn't it? And and just because we're kind of in a bit of a crisis and the environment has changed doesn't mean we get to um, abandon those fundamentals.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think what happens is in terms of crisis – People boil down or they knuckle, or I use the word hunker down more to the fundamentals.
0: Hmm.
1: One of the things I think that we will see in the era of globalization is that now we are going back to, are there certain things that as countries, we need to be manufacturing ourselves? Right. Is it a good idea that we've outsourced everything? I think those questions are now being revisited. Those questions are now being asked. Yes, it may have been really cheap to do it elsewhere, but aren't there certain things that we need to have ourselves? Aren't there certain things that we need to just make ourselves? How, do we want to rely so much on other people? And what's our supply chain? I think, you know, that yeah. question of the supply chain is certainly a, a hot topic of conversation.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I think, I mean, we could probably do a, a year's worth of podcast series on what are some of the implications that are going to come out of this COVID-19 situation that will be in play going forward once once this is over. And I think that's a big one, the supply chain, because one of the things that people probably never considered beforehand is what happens if the supply chain gets disrupted, That's which right. is what's happened now. Yes, And all of a sudden, well, how do we get a hold of these things that are being imported from overseas under normal circumstances and now we can no longer access for whatever reason, whether they're not being produced right now because that manufacturing is in lockdown or whether they're not being shipped or whether we're not letting them in because we've closed the country to travel of all kinds to stop the spread of the virus.
1: Indeed, yeah, very, very, very true. And then the third dimension worth considering for leaders is that dimension of collectivism and individualism, group orientation versus individual orientation, that in more collectivist cultures, people are far more willing to go along with things for the greater good of of the community so eg when we say look for the greater good of the community stay home or wear masks or you know don't don't engage in these sort of activities people tend to be much more willing to go with that whereas in individualistic cultures to the point that we were we were talking about before you yeah, then people go, but we know, but I don't agree with that. Or why can't I do this? This is important mm. for me. So hence the the way we message things also become important. So in collectivist cultures, you can actually talk about the larger, the greater good. Like when we do this, compared to an individualistic culture where we say it is important for you to actually do X, because then you will be saved or you will keep yep, yep. you know so it, it's just again as leaders just thinking through about how do i language things how do i think through about who am i trying to influence where does the message land and what are some of the, the what are some of the cultural nuances because as we've discussed uh, so many times culture is so tacit right we don't think about our culture until we're out of our culture. But it influences the way we look at the
0: world. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. So what, what reflection point do we want to leave the listener today? So the reflection
1: point for today is be aware when you're leading your teams, when you're leading your teams, especially from with people from different cultures, be aware of how you are using language. How do you come across as a leader? So being aware of that, especially in times of uncertainty, it's important for you to be really aware about how you show up. So it's not about knowing or having all the answers, but it's having a level of confidence that you, the team, the organization, that we will get through this. So how do we navigate this? And as a leader, how do I kind of say, okay, I may not know the end path because this is all new and we're making it up, but this is the thing I'm doing, right? And of course, being open Mm -hmm. to ideas, being open to suggestions because, gosh, you know, none of us have the answer. So this is really a good time to be open to different ways of looking at the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. None of us have the answer and getting inputs and and so the more dialogue we can have within our teams, the better the communication is, the more likely somebody might come in with an idea that's sort of out of the box and perhaps you know it takes you forward in some context. Indeed. Great, you're good. Mm. All right, thanks Tom. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.